This episode of the Happy Hour is brought to you by Sci-Fi Saturday's Bartow. It is February 21st, 2015 from 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. Yes, and they're going to have the Raider 1 Cylon ship from the original 70s Battlestar Galactica is going to be on site. Wow. They're going to have many sci-fi collectible vendors. Amazing. Panels, games, a life-size TARDIS, a Doctor Who costume contest, food vendors, the 501st Star Wars Club is going to be there. Oh, snap. Oh, yes. And the USS Haven Star Trek Club. Cosplayers are welcome. And just so you know, it's a totally free event. Completely free for you and the family. It's going to be a family event. So come on out and see us at Sci-Fi Saturdays Bartow. And that's Sci-Fi spelled just like the TV network. S-Y-F-Y. Saturdays Bartow. And come out and see the happy hour with Johnny. And Deuce. Yes, sir. Gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce is proud to present to you their own world tag team champions of the world, Johnny. And of course, you've got your big main man, Deuce, over here. And this week, for something a little bit different, I'm kicking off the show. So somebody else is going to have to do the old Deuce salute for me. The Deuce salute. There we go, brother. I'm excited. You guys excited at home? I know you are. Oh, man. We're pumped. All right. Here it is. No, just kidding. Not Zima. <laughs> I don't even think you could find Zima anymore. <laughs> if we had Zima, it would be so old, it would be completely we're out of date. Showing my age right here. All right. Anyways, uh, thank you, Deuce, for setting us up here. Oh, you're welcome. You know, every once in a while, we got to mix it up, man. Yeah. I love the happy hour. It's so much fun. We love the feedback we're getting from you folks, and please send us. I'll start off by saying, please send us some emails. HHpodcastshow at gmail.com. Hit us up. Be like, hey, tell us about what you thought about this and that. Send us some feedback, comments. You can comment on our Facebook page. How do they find us on Facebook? Uh, if you go to the search bar on the top of Facebook, go to Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. You can search us up super easy that way. Also, we're on the Twitter machine. I'm at all things deuce and that's spelled d-u-c-e and johnny how can they get you on the twitter machine i'm johnny j-o-h-n-n-y underscore womack w-o-m-a-c-k and we're also our happy hours on the twitter as well at h-h podcast show and let me tell you what right now we're more fired up than hulk hogan after a wrestlemania match brother so what do you got on the docket today brother well i thought i would start by talking about one of my favorite new features of the wwe network oh yeah which is the Monday Night Wars. So good. They've done some amazing episodes. I think there's, what, six out now? Five or six? Yeah. Yeah. And they've all been really solid. Because at first, I was uh, I was under the misconception that it was just like a one special. Yeah. I didn't realize it was broken down to all, a yeah, lot like of a material. Series. And like, it, this is like, this is a compendium. Like, they go through everything. Like, oh, my God. From the yeah, very beginning. And if, if you're not familiar with the Monday Night Wars out there, essentially what happened was, back in the day, Ted Turner had WCW, World Championship Wrestling, and then we had the WWF at the time, which is uh, World Wrestling Federation by Vincent Kennedy McMahon, and they were battling for who for supremacy, essentially, who is the best. And Deuce and I, we, we've briefly touched on our favorite things that we've loved from both, but we'll, I think we'll kind of break it down a little bit more about the whole war itself, because we, we kind of, we said before we'd 
both of us would have like we flip back and forth <laughs> when it was on and everything. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. And uh, but what they, what I love about this specials, these specials, these segments is that they kind of they after the episode one, they actually started going down and doing a two two types of episodes, the uh, parental advisory one, and then there's the regular one. Yeah, I saw that, but now it looks like well, I don't know. I can only say from the app, from the app, there's only one. Oh, from from. Like, okay. if I play it from the app, because uh, it's funny, when I found it, it already had three episodes, because I just counted. There's eight episodes up right now. Wow. Yeah, so when I first started, they only had, like, three up. They okay. had the first three, where it was called The War Begins, which kind of laid the foundation, and then The Rise of the NWO, and em- mm-hmm. Embracing the Attitude. Well, The Rise of the NWO was probably my favorite one so far. Oh, yeah. that one really, like, you got to kind of get some inside info from from Scott Hall and Kevin Nash and like and bef- those were recent interviews too like super, super recent. recent like it's so funny because like I didn't really back in the day and the one thing they talked about in like almost every one of these episodes is the fact that you know you didn't really have internet back then you had that dial up copy surf stuff yeah. so you didn't have this you know social media that we have now where you can just immediately tweet your thoughts yeah. about something and it's shown to the world you know or take a picture and send it on Facebook or YouTube a video yeah. but back in the day like when Scott Hall and Kevin Ash came over, people thought it was WWF invading WCW. Oh, for sure. They had no idea what was going on. And even WCW, like the wrestlers, only one that knew was Vincent uh, was uh, Bischoff, Bischoff and Ted Turner. Yeah. No one else knew. The announced team, nobody knew that they were coming over. And, and it, oh, looked, no. it looked like they were just coming and invading WCW. Yeah. And... It wasn't until later on that you find out, hey, you know, when Bischoff kind of says, hey, um, it's me, I'm, I'm the one with the brains behind all this, yeah. uh, that you find out later. But the thing is, is no one really talked about money. Like, no one knew. Like, we as consumers, as yeah. as the fans, had no idea how much money they were getting paid. But freaking yeah. Scott Hall dropped the ball. He goes, dude, $1.2 million they paid me just to come over. I'm like, and that's a guaranteed contract. Yeah, that's and that was guaranteed. A, that was the thing was, is that Vincent... Kennedy McMahon, I don't know why I keep calling him that. Uh, Mr. McMahon, he uh, was not doing guaranteed contracts. And, oh, no. the, and the thing is, is Kevin Nash said on the um, Vince, if you can't match, we're gone. Because yeah. think about it, we're we're working 250 days with you, and we're not even getting yeah. half of this. Yeah. Uh, Bischoffs or Ted Turner said, hey, you, you only have to work 120 days. Yeah. And it's guaranteed money. Yeah. And that's not even including, I'm sure they got deals for merch and oh, everything yeah. else. That oh, yeah. was just to oh, show yeah. up and, and play ball. And especially because the, the when they came in, they played ball and they were smart because they both used their real names. So, you know, they just came in using that. None of them were saying they were Diesel or Scott Hall, which led into one of my favorite parts of that when they talk about the fake Diesel oh, because- and the fake Scott or Razor Ramon. Oh, oh, my God. When they showed up, I'm like, really? Come on, dude. We ain't that dumb. Like, <laughs> it was really funny because they, they were saying, like, during those days, of course, uh, they, they had in the truck, they would have both of them playing. So they, they were yeah. watching and they were talking about, he looked, he did a double take. He's like, well, from a distance, but when you get close, there's no it's, way. You yeah. can't imitate that. Uh, but, yeah, and it was funny because you think about it, what the big deal was about WCW was they were doing live events. Like, oh, yeah. When it was live, you couldn't, you don't know what was going to happen. No. You know, and they, and I love the, with the WWE Network now, you can go back. They just put Nitro on, and oh, so yeah. you can like watch like the first fifty episodes of Nitro. Um, hopefully, they'll have them all on there eventually. But oh, I think they will. But, I just think they were just trying not to eat up all their server space with drive. Because think about how many hours of footage. The, oh my the, goodness! The tape library that WWE now owns is ridiculous. Like the sheer amount of content that they have that they can add. And they to probably the only have stupid. like they probably only have like thirty percent of all their footage. I bet it's less than that. 
to be honest with you. I mean, it is so crazy, especially once they start throwing up the ECW TV stuff, which is what I personally really want to watch. Um, which actually uh, leads me to another point because it just dropped I, last week. Is they did the Paul Heyman one? They called it when the war goes extreme, and they actually because right. it's basically been pretty much solely WWE versus WCW. Right. But there was a third party it in was. this fight, which yeah. was ECW, and it tells you the whole rise and fall of ECW pretty much, yeah. and and everything that happened with Paul Heyman and just it's phenomenal. These documentaries and I love are the, top uh, notch. I love the. Uh, the voice actor too, the 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 guy, the comment, the narrator, like he's he's got like the perfect voice for this because it's like he's super, he sounds super like uh, non biased, like in the middle, like he's not oh yeah catering to one you know one company. Now that you know Vince owns them all, it doesn't matter. But ECW was kind of like, but actually, do you know who the announcer is? Oh, it's Keith David. Oh, it is? Yeah, okay. and Keith David has been in, like, the last couple of all, uh, Saints Row games, right. which have been really, really cool. Um, he was he's actually, in Mass Effect, right? He was in Mass Effect. Yeah. Also, he just got done a TV show that was on Fox. He just got done with that. But, I mean, I love Keith David. Love me some Keith he's David. He's a solid actor. Yeah, sure. and having him do the voice acting, just or not voice acting, it's not a video game, but doing the yeah. narration, yeah. like, really makes it sound legit as balls. Oh, it does. And the production values are great and whatnot, and the way they splice footage together, and they're like, they, you know, they spent a lot of time on this because, like, let's see what we can pull from the archives yeah. for this, you know, stuff that's not even on the network yet. Yeah. They're just like, let's just throw this in here, and like, I love to get like updated interviews, you know, like you can tell, yeah. like they did, they update, they, they, you can tell they were doing this. It's been in a work for a while, but like they have Daniel Bryan, like right before he got injured, like yeah. you can see his beard's all like weird and crazy. And so, like, they have Daniel Bryan talking and whatnot. And they've even got CM Punk, which you know that the, that oh, interview yeah. has been done a hot oh, minute ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Uh, also, I loved with, – with, I always go back to when – I remember the first thing I told you. I said, Deuce, when the WWE Network comes out, I'm going to Bash at the Beach 96. Yeah. That was the first thing I was going to watch. So that was the, the formation, quote-unquote, of the NWO. Yeah. And I remember watching that again and getting goosebumps because I was like, oh, I remember watching this – pay-per-view I, li- I didn't get a lot of pay-per-views when i was a kid so yeah. like all the ones i got to i really like watched them a bunch you know tape back on v- yeah. you know vhs, VHS tape yeah. yeah and and i remember just watching that and then seeing all that stuff just fly in and and oh it was crazy like this people just getting decked with uh popcorn soda and beer and like it yeah. was like people were mad you know and then i loved it because it was like it was something Something new, like I don't think we'd seen anything like this before. Because you think about Hulk Hogan, he to this day he is a household name. Hulk yeah. Hogan, everyone knows who Hulk Hogan is. Oh yeah, my four year old son knows who Hulk Hogan is. He doesn't even watch wrestling. Yeah. So like people know who Hulk Hogan is and, and his legacy and the, the dynasty of Hulkamania. You know, yeah. Hulkamania never dies. It's no. always there. It's always running wild. Yep. Uh, Let me tell you something. Um, but uh, yeah, he's uh, you know. Synonymous with eating your vegetables and drinking your milk and taking your vitamins and and that good old yellow and and red, you know, yeah. and then he flips it on flips it uh, on its head. It's almost like if Cena would flip a heel now, yeah. it'd almost be. I'm not saying that Cena is as big as is Hulk, Hulk, but no. Uh, but I'm just saying like it's almost as if it. You know, people do flip back and forth between face and heel all the time, but like that was the biggest turn ever. That was the biggest heel turn ever because nobody ever thought Hogan would go heel. Kids were buying their merch. I mean, kids were just really into it, and then adults were, you know, digging it and whatnot. And then the funny thing was, is 
WCW was having a weird transition as well because when you, when you look at Scott Hall and Kevin Nash and the NWO, like people were starting to love to hate them. I mean, yeah, or yeah. they were they were like they were like heels that you loved, and which yeah. is weird because back in the day, you it was either you, you you rooted for the baby face and you booed the heel, but the whole business was starting to get turned on its head. And then Vince the was like, "Hey, uh, we need to do something," and that's when the next one was the the rise of the attitude, rise of the attitude era, which yeah. was uh, another uh, amazing one, and. It, <laughs> I can't say enough. Now, I, I got lucky because remember I told you I got strep throat a couple weeks ago uh, when I got Destiny. Well, I was so sick the first two days I was on, uh, I don't know what you'd call it, quarantine where I had to stay at the house. I, I couldn't do anything but watch TV, so I shotgunned like four of them back to back. Right. And just phenomenal. You don't want to stop watching. No, yeah. like it, it pissed me off when I got to the end because I was like, "Crap!" Now what I'm going to watch? Yeah. And literally, there's twice where I've actually spent probably another good half an hour longer at the gym than I wanted to because I wanted to finish the episode. I'm like, "Screw it! I'm just going to keep going on the elliptical for another, you know, half an hour longer just so yeah. I can finish it." Keeping you healthy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which, I'll tell you what, it is the funniest thing, because I was at gym the other day, and I'm watching, and the new one for Stone Cold Steve Austin came out, and I'm sitting there, and then there's this old guy next to me, and I was like, hey man, hey, what are you watching? I'm like, oh, I'm watching this documentary on Stone Cold Steve Austin. He's like, oh man, that's cool. Stone Cold was the coolest. And I'm like, yeah, Stone Cold was the coolest. Because, I mean, come on, Stone Cold was pretty much the epitome of Polk County. He's basically yep. Polk County. If Polk County could walk, drink beer, and had a penis. I mean, that's exactly yep. who Stone Cold was. So yep. when I watch it at the gym, people are just like wigging out. They're like, oh, that's great. So Well, that's that's the truth, too, is like, you know, uh, Stone Cold became that heel that you loved. Oh, you know? yeah. And like, he was one of the first ones. You oh, know? yeah. And like, you know, that, that was cool because like he, he switched – Later on, he switched to a baby face, which is weird, but uh, that was a different gimmick at the time. But, like, he is pretty much known as a heel in most of his career, uh, even as the ringmaster and all these crazy, like, yeah. you know, little incarnations that he had. Uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, he went through different names and whatnot. But, yeah, I mean, he, um, wow, we could even do a whole episode on Stone Cold. He's so oh, awesome. Man. But yeah. he was great. I loved him. Uh, and I loved his feud with The Rock. But anyways, back to this uh, Monday Night War. I, I just love that you're getting kind of like the little inside knowledge that we didn't really know about being pay grade, yeah. how Vince was, how mad he was at certain things, how you know how Bischoff is you know pretty much running everything. And yeah. I didn't realize that at the time as a fan, you don't think about money. No, you're like, hey, this is cool. But a lot of the talent, you know, from WCW, I mean, they. They brought in some amazing wrestlers. Like yeah. I, I loved the whole cruiserweight division in WCW. Oh yeah. And I'm going back and watching Nitro. It just kind of made me. Forget. I was like, wow, that feud with Ultimate Dragon, Dean Malenko, yeah. uh, Juventud Guerrera. I mean, Rey Mysterio was the man in WCW. That yeah. dude back in his day, he was fantastic. He was probably one of the greatest in the ring. When I it forgot how much I used style. to love. I forgot how much I used to love him in uh, Psychosis. I mean, you oh, guys yeah. are like, if you're not, uh, if you don't even know who these people are, look them up, man, because th- yeah. this was this was the pedigree of the of cruiserweight division. Yeah. Like, I love that division, and it was so high flying and energetic, and crowds loved it. And that was the thing that that really watching these documentaries kind of showed to me was I forgot these were all ECW guys. Yep. The whole WCW cruiserweight division yep. was stolen from ECW. Well, Lionheart Chris Jericho, you know, he came from ECW. Exactly. Yep. Dean Milenko, yep. Eddie Guerrero. Lance Storm. Lance Storm, Psychosis. 
you know, all of the, the basically the foundation and most of the members of that cruiserweight division came from ECW. And it's it man, it was it was such good entertainment and such I I hope before I die we get one more wrestling renaissance like we did in the 90s. I don't think it's ever going to happen just because it was one of those moments in time that just all the stars aligned because it was cheap because wrestling was cheap to put on. Two, there wasn't as many scripted shows back then and there wasn't as many channels because you got to remember back then we probably only had 60 channels maybe. Right. Um, And it, it was so huge because I remember when I was like, holy crap, this is big. You would see people in DX shirts or Stone Cold shirts or NWO shirts that didn't know anything about wrestling but were wearing it because it was cool. Yep. And the other thing that I remember hit close to home to me is me and my dad loved wrestling. And it got to the point where for a hot minute I was like the cool kid at the country club because I'd hang out with my dad's friends who were older, 50s, 60s. And they would be talking to me about pro wrestling because they were watching every week. And I'm like, <laughs> holy shit, I've literally got doctors and lawyers and I'm talking, you know, judges, well-to-do people in our community. They're talking to me about flipping pro wrestling because I kind of had the inside scoop and I had yeah. dial-up internet. And I was on that original kind of IWC internet wrestling community and no new hair. I mean, just a fraction of some of the behind-the-scenes stuff and kind of had an idea of what was going to come next. And I, I don't know. It was an amazing, amazing time to be a fan of wrestling. And I think the reason my love for wrestling is as big as it is is because those years in the 90s when it was at the Apex. And that's why I understand now with kids, like, why they fall off on wrestling because the product isn't near as good and they've got so much competing with it with UFC and, you know, Bellator and, like, MMA stuff. Yeah. Like, you've got real live, like, fighting fighting going on it's not going to compete with wrestling now i love the stories so for me it's as much about the story as it is the wrestling but you know with kids these days it's just you know they want to see the the fight well it's funny <clears throat> when growing up my dad and i used to watch um on tbs we'd watch the saturday night wwe wcw saturday yep. night uh and it was really cool because, like, it was only like an hour or something like that. It wasn't yeah. very long, but you got to see a lot of great wrestlers, and it was not the best production quality, but because it was more of like the B squad that came in that yeah. night for that. But it was still fun to watch, and then we'd flip back and watch the uh, Saturday Night Main Event, uh, yeah. w, uh, WWF, WWF, or WWF WWF at the time, yeah. yeah. And like, I would see like the differences between the the type of wrestlers that were there, and I was just like, hmm. I kind of, I'm gonna be honest with you, for a long time, I, I kind of gravitated. I kind of WCW kind of resonated more with me uh, when they first came out because it, oh, yeah. it was like I just kind of got into the wrestling and like because that was one thing that in the Monday Night Special was there was you know like with WWF or WWE now they they were kind of cheapy gimmicky guys like huge over yeah. the top flamboyant characters like super characters like Doink the Clown and you know all these just different people and then you go to WCW and are like. These people weren't using their real names. I yeah. mean, they're they're freaking wrestling, like doing yeah. really great stuff, and like it's just. And then I don't know. It was real. It was for me WCW. Like that was where I kind of resonated more. And then when the Attitude Era came out, like it really started it, resonating because it was really more on the edge. And I think at least during the Attitude Era, 
they got away from the cartoony, like the Doink the Clown and right. the plumber gimmick. and the Everybody had a gimmick, and it was like their whole character was defined by this well, one gimmick. Th- think about Triple H when he first came into the WWE. Hunter Hearst Hemsley of the Blue Bloods. Right, and his, his finishing maneuver, the pedigree, which yeah. still calls it that, yeah. that is that fits his gimmick yeah. and like how his character's transitions. But yeah, uh, Tr- Hunter Hearst Hemsley, you know, he, he was one of those gimmicks yeah. that he... But, who knew how he, long he was going to last? Yeah, you know? But he transformed it. Him and Shawn Michaels both because they were smart enough to get together and buddy up and then yeah. start DX. Think about Mick Foley. You know, like Holy he's shit. I don't yeah. know of anyone that's gone through so many transitions like he has. I mean, you know, Cactus Jack. You know, from the ECW days and oh, whatnot. Yeah. And I mean, he is crazy. L- look him up if you guys didn't see any of those matches. Uh, but not for kids, obviously, because that, yeah. that's pretty pretty graphic pretty stuff. Brutal, Especially brutal, brutal stuff. with him and uh, Terry Funk. Oh, my goodness. Oh, their Japanese death matches are crazy where it's there's insane. like C4 wired to the ring and shit. This is also showing our age, Deuce, because yeah. like, we're, we're mentioning wrestlers that, you know, the kids now that's seven, eight years old, that like John no. Cena. They're you know, not going to know. Dolph Ziggler or whatever. They're, they're, they don't know who these people are. Yeah. So, uh, you know, they're lost, I guess. Yeah. But, uh well, now they can with the WWE Network, which is nine ninety nine. Okay, um, so they can go back and they can learn they can, about people like can. Terry Funk. And well, it's funny because like you forget when you're watching these old pay per views, you're like, oh my god, I forgot about this character. Oh, I forgot about this character. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about this character. I forgot. About the, you know, it's just so funny just to go back and and see these people that you hadn't seen in years. That you, God bless them. Some yeah. of them aren't alive anymore, but uh, it's just so funny to see some of these old old people. You know, back. Back in the day, um, but I had I was I had I was proposed by a friend of mine online. If you had a dream team announce announcers from any any era, what would your dream team be? So I'm gonna put you on the spot. I'll tell you who mine would be. Okay, mine would be Tony Schiavone. I, I love that dude because he he was a mix, best of both worlds because yeah. he knew what the wrestling moves were called, and he was a color com and he was a play by play and a color commentary guy built into one package. But I also love uh, Mike Tenay because that dude yeah. knew every book, every name of every move. Especially he was really uh, he studied studied in Japan, yeah. So uh, he knew all the Japanese moves. Like he was one of the first ones to really bring that to America because like he was really championing you know Ray Mysterio and Psychosis and all these uh, you know Juventud Guerrero and everybody like that. He was really championing them, and he knew about the Hurricane Ranas and the you know Moon Salts and you know like the. It's funny now, Chris Jericho uses the lion salt, but that was originally uh, Ultimate Dragon's move, the Acai Moonsault. So it's like he, he knew all those moves and how they were called and the formations of them and how Ultimate Dragon means the last dragon, which he was the last... Uh, how how he was the the last uh, person that was trained by Bruce Lee and like he knows all these yeah. amazing like things. So I would have to go... I'd have to go with Tony Schiavone... Mike Tenay. No, no, no. I'll rewind. I'll go Mike Tenay. Because Tony Giovanni is good, but I, I think I prefer uh, JR. Uh, so I'll go JR, Mike Tenay, and Bobby the Brain Heenan. Because you need to have a really good uh, uh, heel announcer, not the JBL yeah. stuff, but a really good heel announcer. And Bobby the Brain Heenan, you know, he, he went through as a manager, you know, with Andre Giant and all these sort of people. Oh, yeah. So he knew the business inside and out. Um, so yeah, those would be my, that'd be my dream team announce team if I could pick one. Okay. Although, although I tell you one thing, Gorilla Monsoon, he was kind of enter- fun to listen to. He was entertaining. Back in the day. Okay, I think I've got, now that I had a t- second to collect my thoughts, I've got it together. Because I bleed ECW, Joey Styles. I mean, definitely. That's a good choice. Definitely Joey Styles. My God! Oh, my, oh man. It, it, he was the best. And the thing is, you got to remember, 
there was a lot of times in ECW where he was the only announcer. He was. He was doing play-by-play yeah, play in color. In color yeah. by himself. So, and which, he, knew, yeah, yeah. he loved it. He knew all the moves and everything. He did. And I, I, I guess because you, you put a voice with something, for me, he was the voice of ECW. Because anytime I think of ECW in my head, the first thing I hear is his voice. Like, I hear it every time. Uh, just like some of my favorite McFoley matches, when I think McFoley, I think JR. True. Um, yeah. Which leads me to my second pick, good old JR. Yep, that's I a mean, good pick. Solid pick. Solid, solid pick. I love JR. He was there for so much of the good stuff. And even after he got his uh, uh, stroke, stroke, still was killing it. Yep. He could do more with half of his mouth than most people could do with a 110% working good one. So, that's what she said. <laughs> But I mean, he could he could kill it. He really could, and I I just loved it. He was so so good. And for your heel, because you gotta have a good yeah, I have, have a good heel. Jesse the Body Ventura. Oh, I forgot about him. Yeah, yeah. that's right. So you gotta have Jesse I, Ventura. I think as WWF heel. went through way way more. Um, you know, different commentators because you had you they ha- did. Yeah, Jesse Ventura. You had Vince McMahon that was doing it for a while. Macho Man was doing Macho it for Man a little while. Was, yeah, and then you had. Um, uh, Gorilla Monsoon was doing yeah. it. Like they had a, and even in something I forgot about was, uh, Jr. was in WCW announcer. Yeah, uh, WCW he was for uh, a while. announcer for a while. I totally forgot about that. I'm going back yeah. and watching these old matches, like, oh my god, that's Jr. I forgot he, yeah. you know. And and I have to <laughs> let, let's preface our comments here. Jerry the King Lawler used to be amazing. He did, in the '90s, in the Attitude Era, was great because he was off the cuff, like unhinged. Oh, very. Like he could say whatever he wanted about girls, whatever. Yeah. If he thought he, but he was a heel announcer. He'd always yeah. go for the heels. Yeah, like he'd always be. But now it's like that's one of the things I think would break. I think this is a great segue into my next topic about the the lack of when it comes to a good announced team now. Yeah, because I want you and I to break down the current announced team for WWE. So let's go into that because we, you and I, we both know the histories of pretty much every single one that's in that chair right now. And so right now, currently we have Michael Cole. (sighs) Yeah. And we'll break them down in just a second. We have Jerry, the King Lawler. Yeah. And we have JBL. The wrestling God, JBL. With his four hundred dollar hat, yeah. Um, and before that, you know, WWE even even throughout all these generations, they went through so many people. We won't go through them all, yeah. but they went through so many different people, you know. And then once, because Jr., you know, he wasn't just a commentator; he was like a uh, he was like, what would you call him? A player? I don't know. He was like a very good with like talking to people and like so. Who Jr. Yeah, Jr. Okay. was really because he he was the one that got Colt, Stone Cold to come back. He's the one that got uh, the Rock. Well, not like, only was he color commentator for a while, he was uh, the the head of a uh, talent. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. he 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 had a lot of input, you know. Yeah. And, and I I personally think since he's left, it's this thing has gone to shit. There's definitely been a void, in my opinion. But Jerry Jerry the King Lawler now is pretty much a, a face announcer. Like he's all like. Yeah. He's agreeing with Michael Cole and everything now, yeah. and I'm like, it's just not really. I don't know. It doesn't drive well. And also, you and I have said since the last couple of years, there's no play by play. Who's no, doing play by play right now? Name Nobody. Somebody. They're not. The only the only time you ever hear. Think about it, folks. And you folks that are listening probably are like, oh wait a minute, you're right. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. They're think too about big, it. Busy plugging shit. They're, they're plugging, plugging total divas. Total divas. They're to- and they're not even talking about the damn match. You know. Yeah. And so, like, you think about it, the only time you ever hear 
especially Michael Cole, he's super infamous for saying certain wrestling moves. Like he just says these certain type of ones over and over again. Um, he'll be like, "Oh, uh, nice uh, power slam," or or he'll be like, yeah. "Just stupid, stupid random." I mean, I want to hear play by play. Jr. was good at throwing play by play oh, yeah. in between advertising other things. Yeah, he was really good. Especially when he was calling Stone Cold matches, because he, oh like, he knew Stone Cold inside and out, all of his maneuvers. He's like, oh, there's a Luthes press and all this stuff. And like he's like naming all these awesome you know, maneuvers and whatnot. Because you think about it, if you want to get technical, the Stone Cold Stunner was essentially a sit-down uh, jawbreaker. Yeah. So like that, that was a very good one. But like that was what you know, his move was. And like you, you look at all the different moves and all that stuff. So you can break them down into like the bare bones of what they are, all oh, the yeah. finishers. But like you, I, I don't know. Like I sit there, and we, what was the last pay per view we all sat down together to watch? We were like naming the moves back and forth. Like, yep, that's that move. That's that move. That's that move. Yeah, you know. And I'm like, I just miss that man. Like it, it, it yeah. the intelligence. You know, like the they've dumbed it down. They've a dumbed lot. it down a yeah. lot, and like it's always like it doesn't matter now. Like, cause imagine, imagine now though, if they did start, if Mike Tenay started announcing for WWE, um, yeah. I don't know. I I don't know either, and I think the problem is. I really love Jerry Lawler, and I hate to say this before I throw him under the bus, because, I mean, I love the guy from, I'm talking Memphis wrestling days, back when he was uh, wrestling Andy Kaufman, and he was on David Letterman. I'm talking back in the day day, so I love this guy, but I just think he's getting older, and it's like, if he's not going to... Because the problem is more the PG than for him, I think, than anything else, because his heyday was... The Attitude Era. Puppies! Which, yeah, yeah, and the TV-14 Era, and yeah. I think he's doing his best to survive in the era that he's in, and I just think that, you know... Literally trying to survive, yeah. because he, you know, if you he had a heart know, attack. He had a heart attack, and... Live uh, on Raw. He's not been the same since it, since, no. since the heart attack, and yeah. and he just doesn't have the energy. He, like, he just sounds like he's yeah. just going by the motions. Yeah, you know? and he might be, and he might be doing that, you know, collect health insurance and to get a paycheck, and I ain't blaming him. I, no. I mean, I ain't hating on him, um, no. but I, I think they need to take him out of there. Michael Cole, they need to have a serious sit down with, and like, look, you gotta freshen it up. I don't care how you do it, but you gotta change up and make this fresh, or you're gone. Well, remember he was a heel announcer for a while. Yeah, because him and Jerry Lawler were feuding. They even had a damn match at WrestleMania. I mean, that's why you see those uh, GDYC uh, or GD, uh, yeah, GDYC signs everywhere. Yeah, it's GD. Um, you mean GDMC? Goddamn Michael Cole? No. GDU Cole. So it's like, it's, yeah. uh, I won't say what it is, but you, yeah. know, you know what GDU stands for. But like people, now they're infamous throughout the, the you know, anytime you go anywhere, you see these GDYCs, GDU Cole, you know, yeah. like it's, it's people are fed up with him because like, yeah. you don't, I don't care what he has to say. You know, yeah. and, and w, now you have to give WWE some credit. They have, now that they've lost a lot of sponsors and a lot, you know, they're not on Dish and DirecTV anymore and yeah. the cables, you know, like it's, it's, it's tough because they have that one contract with Hulu that they're still running pretty strong. Yeah. I, I, from what I've been hearing, they've been really, you know, Hulu's done a really, they've been really, you know, it doesn't, I guess it doesn't cost too much, but still like Hulu likes having them on their network and whatnot. Yeah. And, um, because that's the one thing that's missing for WWE network is immediately next day raws yeah. or live broadcast of raw. Yeah. Like they can get away with it. Main event, because it's their product, they're not, you know, yeah. and, and, and they, uh, what, the yeah. other network doesn't care. Yeah. But, but it's like, you know, eventually we'll get to that point where... 
Well, I think the reason why that they're not live broadcasting that or showing it like the day after, I think has a lot to do with their deal with NBC Universal because a, you know, they want you to watch it live on their network, and if they're showing it on the WWE network, that 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 takes away from them. And then True. two, um, at least on Bright House, which we have, we've got a network called. A Universal HD, HD, which shows it on Saturdays. Which shows it on Saturdays. But here's the thing: at least with Bright House, that's a network you've got to pay extra for. Right. Like that's a package, True. and it's like ten bucks, and right. you get it, and you get I don't right. know a couple. I used to have it. I know what. Yeah, it's you yeah. get like a dozen other channels with yeah. it, but most of them are bullshit except for that one. Right. Um. You know, and so they want you to for that reason, and I get like I get the reasoning behind it, but. You know, they're doing the best they can, but, like, they need to get Michael Cole out there. And here's the thing that pisses me off the most. You've got Joey Styles, still works for the company, works up in Connecticut, not doing nothing. Bring him out. Well, what do you think of the new th- the, the two new guys that really started to push, Byron Saxon and Tom Coughlin? What do you guys think about Byron Saxton, I like, and the reason I like him is he's been with FCW a long time That's doing true. announcing, yeah. Yeah. and I'm talking before it was NXT when it was still, they showed it on Bright House here locally, it was called FCW, Florida right. Championship, Championship Wrestling, Wrestling. Which is now essentially NXT. NXT. Yeah. But I've been watching him for a while, and he's really good. The guy that's on Friday Night Smackdown... Is okay. He almost feels like a mini Michael Cole. Though. He does, and and it, here's the problem: he's been indoctrinated with WWE, like he's been brought up in the WWE way, which I get because you know Vince McMahon and Triple H is just as damn bad. Wants the WWE guys. That's why I don't think some of these guys that came from Ring of Honor, like the Seth Rollins. Right. And the Dean Ambrose's and, of course, the CM Punk's are ever going to get a fair shake. Because no. they've still got the indie stink on them. Yep. And it, they'll never get it off yep. there. Um, so I feel like that's the reason why they're pushing that guy's hard. But like I said, I mean, you've got a guy like Joey freaking Styles on payroll working in Connecticut. Get his ass. I mean, it's two nights a week, man. It's Monday night and Friday night. Get his ass to the tapings and let him be live on the air. If nothing else, think what better a teacher could you give this new kid than oh, Joey yeah. Flippin' Styles? I mean, this guy was the voice of ECW. And, and the people would love it. Um, but also, you got to think about it, too. It hit me the other day. I was watching Raw. There's a lot of young kids in the audience now, more so than ever. Yeah. A lot of young yeah. kids. Yeah, it seems like there and is And so I feel sure. like that... that the dichotomy, the that's not a good word. The um, there's a paradigm shift, I guess you could say. There's a paradigm age shift for sure, and we're starting to be put out to pass. We are because you think about here's yeah. a perfect. I'll give you folks a prime example. Remember when the New Age Outlaws came back? Yeah, and they won the title. No one gave a shit. Like us, our we age, did. we did. We thought that was the greatest thing. But ever. people are booing them. But more than half the audience, I'd say maybe twenty percent of the audience is from our era now. Unfortunately, yeah. the rest is kids. No offense. Yeah. Uh, but they don't have that history like we do, yeah. and they don't. They didn't watch wrestling for the past thirty years. And you know, so they don't know who these guys are. And I just, I, I feel like wrestling is going the way of cigarettes. <laughs> because it, they're trying to hook them when they're young and get them like into the product young, hook them and make them to where they want it, just like cigarettes, where you want to hook them young and keep them smoking because then it'll be a, a be with you for life. Same thing with pro wrestling, trying to hook these kids young and the people of us, like people that my age that did like wrestling back in the day that have kind of fallen out with it that might have started watching UFC now or maybe watch football more. Right. They found something else to kind of fill that hole 
they're not coming back because WWE isn't trying to woo them back. Nope. They're not trying to do anything to be like, hey, man, you were a big fan during the Attitude Era. You know who's coming back? Stone Cold, The Rock, you know, New Age Outlaws. You wouldn't know. Like, if you weren't watching wrestling every week, you would not know that the New Age Outlaws came back because they didn't promote that shit. Nope. Um, The only person that came back from the Attitude Era that they really, really promoted was The Rock. And it's because it's the fucking rock. I mean, he's a multi, all over the world superstar, you know? Well, also speaking of, although The Rock said he would never leave again, but he ended up doing that again, didn't he? Well, it's, it's wrestling. It's kind of like comic books, like when people die. They're never really dead. They always come back. It's the same thing although with Although it gives The Rock credit. I mean, he in his last two matches with Cena, like he looked pretty damn good and in shape. Yeah. Like, the dude's and kept he, in shape. He's like, kept in shape, and not just that. I will give credit to credits, too, because I read a lot of articles about him and when he came back, they said his ass was at the gym every day. And I'm not talking just working out. He was in the ring because they would give him somebody to work with from, like, NXT to, like, help him that he could wrestle with and take bumps with and kind of... And, like, he did his best to be at the best shape possible when he was in the ring for those matches. Speaking of NXT, I, I love NXT. I yeah. love that program. It it, it kind of... It harkens back to old WCW for me because personally, it's like you get awesome raw talent that comes in. They're experimenting with gimmicks and yeah. whatnot, and it's it's only what an hour or two hour an hour I think. It's like an hour, an hour or I something think. like that. But it's like it's, it's 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 truncated, but like it's you get a lot of awesome wrestling in a small package, and like I I just really enjoy it. Um, the announced team's really funny and entertaining. Yeah. And it's in our neck of the woods in Orlando. Yeah. It's full sale, so uh, and so they don't really have to, everyone that's working it is is all full sale students yeah. They're getting credits and stuff. So like it it's cheap for them. It's, oh, it's super costs cheap. nothing to produce, yeah. and they have a pretty decent amount of fan base that's coming. You oh, know, they've fan got a base serious is, fan base. You know, and like I and they're pushing a lot of great people. You know, and I, I just bravo WWE continue doing NXT. Yeah. Continue putting it out there and continue you know bringing up these amazing. You know, sometimes you get duds like Adam Rose. I'm sorry, Adam Rose is not going to be anywhere yeah. in the next three years. Sorry. No. Then you have hard workers like Sami Zayn. That dude, that dude is awesome in the ring, and his matches with Cesaro is some of the best matches I've seen this year. Uh, phenomenal, man. Yeah. Like NXT Arrival, still one of my favorite, still one of my favorite pay per views of of this year. Yeah. It was phenomenal. Um, so Deuce, um, we have several ways people can find us. We do. You can hit me up on the Twitter machine at all things deuce, and that's spelled D U C E. Where can they hit you up on the Twitter machine? At Johnny underscore Womack. That's J O H N N Y W underscore W O M A C K. We're also on the Twitter machine for our happy hour. It is at H H Podcast Show. And we have an email, don't we, Deuce? Yes, we do. It's H H Podcast Show. At gmail.com. Yeah. And make sure that you send us some emails to that particular I'm think, website. I think Our, within the next couple of weeks, we'll do a mailbag episode. Oh, for, for sure. sure. We want to do a mailbag episode and send us your questions, be it be about wrestling, be it about video games. Sports. Sports. Hey, send them to good old douche. You know I love beer. If you want some beer recommendations yep. or any kind of booze-related recommendations, love to do that for you. Because um, what we want to do is we want to do our bucket list episode for video games. And yeah. we'd love to hear what you guys think is like the games you want to play before you die. You know, we want to hear what you guys have to think about that as well. Yeah. And we're definitely going to do here in the future, uh, our top 10 
wrestlers of all time, each me and Johnny, mm-hmm. are both going to pick our top ten favorite. And if you want to chime in on that and say some wrestlers are, because we talked about it today, send us in your top three announcers for your all-star announcer dream team in pro yep. wrestling. So this has been the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. And remember, when you're talking about the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce, there's two hashtags that you need to put in your Twitter machine, your Pinterest, your Facebook, wherever you use social media. It is hashtag Happy Hour Podcast. Hashtag Deuces Deuces on on the the loose. Loose. See ya.